4: Tom Bernard show. Sitting in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Shitter. You feel good, Catherine? We got I amped up the lady co- uh, quotient here at the studio today. Uh, hey,
5: hey, we uh, we get a day.
4: You do. <laughs> You
5: we know, do.
4: We get a day. I, well, you know, I thought it was important. We A whole in, day. A whole day. Of, uh, well, is, is Alex coming in today? Do we know if Alex is joining us, too?
5: Yes. Oh, yes. Are We Are we? we really need to start the um, pool on, on bets on how late she's
4: going to be. On what days and who's actually going to show up. That would be good to know.
5: Yes, yes. I know she is coming in. I, I'm, I'm going to give her a half an hour late. Half what an hour think?
4: late? So what Anybody is that? Is she, yeah. It tends to be about right. 25, 30 minutes from now we should see her pop in.
5: Yep, anybody else want to take a time and throw Uh, in money into the pot?
4: (laughs) Hour and a half. Wow, really? Hour and a half. You think she's going to make it for just the last 30 minutes of the second hour, so then she has to get out of here? She's done it before. Yep.
6: (laughs) Nice life.
4: Not much belief in this. I like it. Well, there's good news for women, Catherine. Bones that have been discovered on a Pacific island belong to Amelia Earhart, a new forensic analysis claims. Seems we've had them the whole time.
6: But didn't some guy today say absolutely not true? Well,
4: yeah, but what's his skin in the game is what I want to know. Amelia Earhart's story is revolutionary. She was the first woman to fly alone across the Atlantic Ocean and might have been the first to fly around the world had her plane not vanished over the Pacific Ocean in 1937. After decades of mystery surrounding her disappearance, her story might finally be coming to a close. According to this article, they're (laughs) 99.9% sure this is it. (laughs) A new scientific you know, study. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it, it's the whole Amelia Heart story is a little bit like yeah you go but then epic fail. It's yeah. like
7: well yeah, it didn't end well. No, it didn't. But it, I lo- it's
5: like you you can hear all the guys back in those days. See? Told ya. <laughs>
4: Woman driver, (laughs)
8: typical woman
4: driver, getting lost. says a new scientific study claims that the bones found in 1940 on the Pacific Island of Nicomoro belonged to Earhart, uh, despite forensic analysis of the remains conducted back in 1941 that linked the bones to a man. The bones revisited Mm. in the uh, study Amelia Earhart and the Nicomero Bones by University of Tennessee Professor Richard L. Jantz were discarded for decades. They have remained an enigma as some have uh, speculated that Earhart died a castaway on that island after her plane crashed. The bones were uncovered by a British expedition exploring the island for settlement after the team came upon a human skull. According to the study, the expedition's officer ordered a more thorough search of the area, which resulted in the discovery of several other bones and part of what appeared to be a woman's shoe. Other items uh, found included a box made to hold a Brandis Navy surveying sextant, that had been manufactured around 1918, and a bottle of Benedictine, an herbal liquor. And uh, there was suspicion at the time that the bones could be the remains of Amelia Earhart. Uh, The 13 bones were then shipped to Fiji and studied by D.W. Hoodless of the Central Medical School. And uh, the following year, at that time, Jantz argued forensic osteology that the study of the bones was not yet a well-developed discipline, and Hoodless' methods of determining sex were inadequate compared to modern techniques. His assessment of the person's sex, therefore, cannot be assumed to be correct. So I'm
5: sorry, my mind wandered. Can you read this all over again? Yeah, definitely. I just think it's interesting <laughs> I just that think after, I have laundry to do all, after all this
4: time. They find that they've had the possible remains of of uh, one of the biggest missing persons in in the world.
5: Yeah, that is amazing.
4: In in their archives, uh, testing on mm-hmm. it, and and nobody's been willing to. You guys just wow! I thought it'd be woman empowerment. We found your missing gal, and you guys are like. <laughs> We're What's, like
6: eh, yawn. Tomorrow what, won't be wow. Women's Day, and nobody will care.
5: Wow, that's wrong.
6: No, it's always Women's Day. Just,
5: it's just the convoluted way they had to go about getting this. Yeah. I mean, she must have had. A, a, did they think that the the Benedictine belonged to her, or and that sextant thing belonged to her? I mean, well, right, she must have had some sort of. A, it would
4: have been a navigation tool, and they also found on that island some freckle cream that she used to use well then
5: who else could it be
4: uh, i mean howdy really? doody? i don't know
5: <laughs> you know i mean would you how
4: about a more feel I, I, i've got a feel good story for you then, Catherine. Right, all right since you okay, weren't okay, interested you in know. that uh,
6: <laughs> since both ladies are talking about laundry go ahead boyfriend did nothing
4: as his diabetic girlfriend died he now faces a manslaughter charge in her death people are just so amazing aren't they
6: you know what I never understand what? about these things, like 48 what? hours in Dateline? I mean, literally every time I watch it, I look at my husband and I go, do me a favor, don't kill me. You want to divorce <laughs> me, you want to cheat on me, just yeah. go do it. And like, let's just be done, but don't kill me and like bury my bones somewhere. I don't understand people. Well, and what? in this
4: case, it's weird uh, Yeah, because she, was, his girlfriend had diabetes, she went into it and he did nothing. So is it manslaughter if he did nothing?
5: I don't
7: think legally no they well, I, I don't think they really have a case.
5: You know, I, I also I also know that there are a lot of people when they're in a very stressful situation they kind of go into a shock and they really can't act. It's like some people can rush in and you know, help the victim and do everything they can and some people are just like paralyzed with fear or whatever. I mean, it's pretty hard to prove how mm-hmm. you're going to act in a very very stressful situation. Yeah,
7: like did he know where the insulin is and how to administer it and everything or I what mean did think- he just say like, No, I'll let her die, I don't care.
4: Uh, well, I don't, it says was here, he laughing? Fabiola Cosme Feliciano <laughs> was diagnosed with type one diabetes at the age of two, but that didn't stop the Florida nineteen year old from competing in weightlifting and cheerleading. It showed that she can do anything, mm-hmm. just like everybody else, Father but her cheerleading a coach. Uh, Or eat a lot of sweets, apparently. Her cheerleading coach recalls, but uh, she died in December while staying at her boyfriend's house, and now that boyfriend has been charged with manslaughter in relation to her death. The Orlando Sentinel reports the teen who graduated high school back in 2016, according to her obituary, had her medications with her when she left her mother's house on November 29th to stay at Yeshua Ramirez's place, also age 19, but by December 4th, she was dead from diabetes complications. So it's not clear exactly what happened, but when Ramirez was arrested last month, the deputy said that the teen had observed Fabiola's condition deteriorate for a period of several days without providing assistance or calling for help, the Sentinel reported at the time. Now, authorities say Ramirez carried out a drive-by shooting... With uh, Cosme oh. Feliciano in the car a day before her death.
6: So they're a really oh, okay, great so. couple of kids. They're a power be- couple. They're yeah. a power couple to yeah. begin with. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. This is all starting to come together. And now,
4: is he going to blame that on her? It was her dying wish. How was he, as right. a man that loved her, not going to let him see or right. shoot somebody? Right on the day of her death. Well, they, uh, on several
7: days. Yeah. diabetes doesn't. I mean, like it's not like you go unconscious and then several days later you die. It's you know, if you have, if you go into diabetic shock, you only have hours, not days. So well, and I don't I, understand
4: what they're even saying there. It seems like I could be. I don't know. Maybe I'm taking a wild stab at this. I would guess there might be drugs and alcohol involved. And Perhaps. in some cases, when yeah, people are, are having a diabetic reaction, they can act as though they're extremely drunk or high.
5: Oh, that's true. So, did
4: he just yes. think she was exhibiting behavior due to what they were doing, or did he know she mm. was quickly collapsing and failing? Not that I'm standing up yeah. for the guy, but it's just it, what a weird story. I'm thinking
6: he knew nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, they I sound think, like
5: a I couple think, of idiots, so. Honestly, yeah. it sounds like a good lawyer could get him off of this.
4: Yeah,
7: totally. It sounds like an Al Capone thing where they're like, they want to get him because they know that he's done some you know Other bad things. stuff. Yeah. But they, yeah, exactly. So now they're like, well, if we can't get him for that, then we'll get him right. for this. But like <laughs> I said, okay I don't for tax think. Tax
4: evasion or <laughs> accidental yeah, exactly.
6: murder. Accidental Well, it's murder. like these
4: couples, you know, where, where the girl has a uh, peanut allergy right, and the guy was you know, eating a peanut butter Reese's cup and then went and kissed his girlfriend, not realizing the effect it was going to have on her. Right. And then she's gone within hours. That's, <laughs> holy mackerel.
6: Yeah, that's Talk about crazy. Uh, well, did you guys see today, there was a news story about, I think it was in California, where that kid was dangling off the ski lift. No. Did you guys see that? So the ski instructor is literally holding her by the uh, collar. Okay. So she doesn't fall. They come, they... Put the thing underneath her. The kid falls. She drops in. She's fine. Well, there's the parents are wanting to sue the ski lift company because they said it was icy on the lifts and nobody should have been on it. But they're saying they won't even give us the medical reports of our kid because we heard from the paramedics that her daughter was unconscious. Well, she's probably unconscious because she was being strangled as she was being held by her collar. Right. But she wasn't unconscious. But the whole thing with the ski lift, have you guys been on a ski lift? No. Yes. They're like They're kind of scary. They're kind of scary. So So you think yeah.
4: it's kind of like when you're stepping on there you're kind of taking
8: your
6: It's user error in my opinion. It's like user you error. you literally you sit and you do not move. If you move you're you're going down. Well, I've fallen off. Yeah, ski my niece. Lift. See,
8: <laughs>
5: yeah, my niece. My niece fell off of one, and she now has uh, epilepsy because of it. It's crazy. Yeah, so, I mean that's. It's not all that uncommon for people to fall off
4: chairlifts.
6: But so- it was just amazing how they're like, "We want answers. You want answers? It's a ski lift." It was an well, icy you,
4: ski lift. Well, don't it, they? Don't, how do you fall off of it? I mean, don't, shouldn't shouldn't they have like a, a foot thing? So it go, I guess they, you can't because you got your yeah, skis on. Yeah, you have on. your
6: skis. You literally are sitting
5: on.
4: Isn't there a seatbelt in there? You can nope, connect. Wow.
7: No
5: seatbelt.
4: That seems in. like bad planning all the way <laughs> it
7: around. Does. There's yeah. a
5: There's a bar that comes down.
7: Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you just like hang on to the, the side.
5: In the mountains, usually there's you know something decent. Yeah, to I mean she
6: fell twenty feet, in, but like twenty five feet, and they're like she was unconscious. Wasn't from the fall, like come on, people. I think it's crazy what people go after. We're now suing them, really. I mean, she fell twenty five well, feet. Well, it wouldn't,
5: it wouldn't be the chairlift company's fault if the people that are running the resort yeah, let no. people on in icy conditions. Yeah, right. they
7: uh, as soon as they sell the thing, I mean, unless it's found that it was like a manufacturing error they knew about. Right, but in that case, we'd be hearing a lot more of these. Well,
5: right. I, I, from what I understand, whenever there's a lawsuit, you just you just sue everybody, right? Anybody yeah, that's involved. Seems so to you be can the get case.
4: More money. That's what I've been more doing wrong. More money. More money.
5: <laughs> <laughs> sue everyone. My lord. No. <laughs> I, I, I do have Welcome some. Welcome to America.
4: I do have some good news for Tom, though. Uh, looks like the Sopranos are coming back. What? There's a prequel oh, in the works. David God. Chase has said that. Uh, They've, they've uh, got together. It says, All the fans who didn't stop believing for more Sopranos are finally getting what they wanted. The hit HBO series, which is widely regarded as the best TV drama ever made, is getting more screen time with a prequel film with the working title The Many Saints of Newark. According to Deadline, New Line has purchased the script written by Sopranos creator David Chase and one of the show's writers, Lawrence Connor. The film is set during the 1960s riots in Newark, New Jersey between the African-American and Italians. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about that, Melina? Is that something uh, you want to see, a prequel storyline of that, or is that just reaching? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, it's not going to be the same, obviously, Uh, no. You know, once James Gandolfini passed away, but I don't know. I give it a whirl. It says some of the, some of the characters from the original series would return. So you'll see younger versions of Tony's parents, uh, and you'll see some of the uh, the main characters in their, their younger forms as they're coming to uh, power.
6: Isn't that funny, though, as if an Italian smart. girl from Brooklyn? Uh-huh. Like, I never watched. I think I watched one episode.
8: You missed I, it. It's I, a I great never, You know what it is with that it.
6: show? Growing up, Italian, it's a guy show. I guess it is. But growing up, you know, in Brooklyn, Italian, I mean, we have some mob connections in our family. There's a book. There's a book. There's Um, a book. book. Um, (laughs) Listen, at this point, I'll out them. Um, There's a book. But anyway, they... Can you do it
4: the day I'm not hosting, please? (laughs) Just out out them on another day.
6: (laughs) But it's just so funny. Like, the the very first episode, or maybe the second episode, the kids were so disrespectful. And I'm like, growing up in a house like that, I never would have talked to my parents like that. So I, they lost me. I'm like, not real. Out. Mm. I'm out.
4: But I think they're doing it more contemporary, the way that kids are more smart mouthed now. Why? Kids are bad. Yeah. Kids what were you starting bad. to say, though, Andy? Yeah. If, if they were smart, what would they do? <laughs>
7: uh, they'll have the uh, actors of the original play their parents in the movie.
4: Oh. Yeah, because then
7: people way. will be like, oh, yeah, I remember that's them. A good and, idea. Yeah, They'll they'll have the celebrity draw, but, you know, they can't play the characters, obviously. Uh, So they'll have to play something And their parents make sense Because, you know, if you look like your parents Well, you look like yourself, so there you go
4: Would you rather (laughs) see a prequel though? See, to me, cop-outs are prequels Would you rather see a prequel Or would you rather see them just 20 years in the future Tony's dead and we pick up a new storyline
7: Yeah, that makes more sense, I think Godfather 2
5: I think prequels are just trendy right now
4: Yeah, well, they always have been You kind of just go back I guess it's an easier point to tell in time but is yeah. that, I don't know, right now do we need to see more about race riots in 1960? Oh,
7: Lord, no. Yeah, that was a weird choice for setting, I think.
4: Well, I, you know, I guess if you're going to the prequel, you've got to go to the time era that Tony would have been growing yeah. up, so they're going to have to That's combat true. that. But well, I, I don't yeah, have yeah, them don't grow know up in, like, show. you
7: yeah. know, Boise.
4: That's a prequel to the prequel.
7: Then they move to the East Coast and become uh, (laughs) super Italian.
4: Italian. Italian.
8: They were just kind of partly Italian. Of Boise, Idaho.
4: You got my potatoes? Where's my potatoes? All right, we need to take a break. We'll come back. We've got more stories to share, and we'll be joined in a little bit by Dahlia Schweitzer as we talk about. Uh, killer viruses, zombies, and the end of the world. It's a cheery day here on the Tom Bernard Show.
3: Tom Bernard here, and here with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website about a customer near where I grew up, North Minneapolis. They were specifically
2: looking for a community bank. That's right, Tommy, Prestige Products. They had been with another community bank, but when their bank was acquired by a large regional bank, The owner felt like they were just seeing his business for the numbers on the page and not really understanding his long-term plans. So he met with a number of community banks in the area, including us. Luke at our branch in Shoreview met with the owner, they hit it off, and Prestige Products chose to work with us. Incidentally, their favorite part of working with Luke is that he gets excited about the same things that are important to them. Having a clear understanding of your long-term goals Makes for a great relationship and our difference maker for your business.
3: Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me.
4: We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back in studio on Monday. We've got some uh, some news here. Uh, China's heavenly palace <laughs> is tumbling to Earth within the next few weeks, experts say. Two new estimates suggest that the Gong one space lab will fall from space in an wow. uncontrolled re-entry in late March. What could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs>
5: where's, I where's see it nothing hit? that could go wrong.
4: Right. It. it says uh, that uh, it's going to uh, tumble in according to a highly variable estimate put forth Tuesday. The European Space Agency predicts <laughs> that the nine-ton craft will fall between March 29th and April 9th. That's on course with the prediction um. of nonprofit aerospace, which foresees a re-entry... In the first week of April, give or take a week, the space lab, which can be tracked, dropped below 185 miles in altitude in October. It's currently hovering at around 160 miles in altitude. The craft is expected to burn up in the atmosphere. Hopefully. That's the whole point, right? But it it says, but parts could hit u.s portugal spain italy the middle east and china in parts of chile argentina australia new zealand but other than that everything else seems That's pretty good. clear i'll plan
5: so my vacations around be, it yeah we should all be sitting in a very fast car in the middle of nowhere
4: yes that'd be great uh i'll be in my concrete <laughs> lead-lined bunker in circle pines minnesota oh. where it's it's safe uh oh i don't know boy you gotta <laughs> We're joking around about the zombie viruses coming. We got to worry about space junk collapsing on us. Although they said <laughs> right now, uh, the guy on the news this morning said the statistics to be hit by any piece of the space junk is a, a million times more rare than winning the Powerball. Huh. Yeah, there's, oh. there's a lot of Earth out there. Yeah. There
7: is. But
4: yeah. I just don't know that it knows how to direct itself to just the parts that nobody's (laughs) hanging out in.
6: Well, it's like, you know, it's like tornadoes hitting trailer parks. You know, you just
4: (laughs) You keep building it in their pathway, you're asking for trouble.
5: Yes. I don't like these words erratic and widespread. Yeah. Well, it's
8: only going to hit
4: 30 of the 40 countries in the world. Don't worry. (laughs) You know, that's still pretty good odds.
5: Chances are you're okay.
4: (laughs) Uh, So you guys, did you follow the news when... uh, Cecil the Lion was murdered by a Minnesota dentist. Yes.
5: Murdered. Oh
4: my God. Murdered. I'm filling in for Uh, Alex right now. What else? Is, yes. is there that, more,
8: is there more to the, the story? When that <laughs> lion
4: popped out with his knife and was threatening <laughs> the life of this poor dentist in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> it seems when Cecil the lion was killed back in July of 2015, animal lovers around the world mourned. Andrew Loveridge yes, had a heightened reason to be diswrought. The Oxford University reche- researcher had spent eight years studying the animal in Zimbabwe, and he's now sharing what the Washington Post calls the first detailed account of Cecil's last hours. Oh,
6: my Lord.
4: In a new book, (laughs) Lionhearted, The Life and Death of Cecil and the Future of Africa's Iconic Cats. It'll be out in April, but National Geographic Uh offers an excerpt. Uh, Loveridge writes that the hunting party used an elephant carcass, presumably dragged behind a land cruiser to the proper spot to lure Cecil, who was then shot with a bow and arrow by Minnesota dentist Walter Palmer, who I'm sure is very happy I'm bringing this story back up. Uh, He hit him from a hunting blind in a nearby tree. Death did not come quickly for the poor lion. Uh, Using GPS data from the tracking collar Cecil was wearing, they determined that he was likely shot between 9pm and 11pm on July 1st. Between 11pm and 7am the next day he moved about 500 feet well, if you hit him with an arrow and he didn't move that far, what was the, the delay? Yeah, and yeah I just don't know. hit
7: him with another arrow. Yeah, why not it's, go uh, in and put
5: him out of his misery? Did you
7: bring one arrow to Africa? <laughs> <He's> just,
5: it's, <laughs> it's very expensive
7: to, to kill a protected lion,
4: Andy. <laughs> you only get one arrow. Uh, uh, here's I'm not a hunter, so I don't know. Are, did you ever go hunting with your family at all, Mike, at all? No? No, no, no. We are I mean, not aside, hunters. Aside from your mobster ties, Nicole, did you ever shoot anybody <laughs> no. besides man? No? <laughs> no. Andy, are you no, guys we big just, hunters? We just stick
6: to
5: humans.
4: <laughs> are you no, guys big hunters? Hunted. See, I, I no, would think I, though if I, I saw spent a lion, Some
5: time on a game. I spent some time on a game preserve though, uh-huh. and the explanation of how things work in those con- in a lot of countries that have game preserves, right? It's not as simple and as easy as we would think. Just because something is protected does not mean it's actually protected. But if you're a hunter,
4: if if you're a hunter who claims that you were really only going where your guides took you, wouldn't the first clue be to you that the the lion has got a collar that's blinking and beeping? Well,
5: I think that's what they they can explain anything away.
4: Hmm. Yeah, I guess.
5: Yeah, they can just say we. You know, they keep track of all of the lions. Uh, You know, that's how we do it. You can be lied to. You just, you know, people are out to make money in these, you know, and a lot of times they're very poor countries.
7: Yeah, if your guy lied to you, and you know, it's not really necessarily your fault. And they, it happens a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'm
5: sure the dentist didn't go over there and say, you know what I want to bag A protected animal that everyone knows in a protected area. Can I please do that? I'm sure he's just, you know, said he wanted to go big game hunting, and they said, okay. Yeah,
7: because not all lions are protected.
5: No, I mean... The game preserve I was in in India, they tie goats to trees to bring in the uh, animals so that the big game hunters can come and see them. I mean, nobody's screaming about the poor goat. <laughs> the I poor would. Goat. Right. I would be very. That is like <laughs> why? Why? I, because the I know, goat is horrible. I think that's. I think that's worse than going out and actually trying to find the lion and tracking it on your own and actually hunting.
6: Having a lot, li- yeah, dragging a live animal behind—that's terrible. Yeah. And I have I, to. But, I mean, honestly, yeah, I, mean, I want a goat.
4: <laughs> you want to go? I want a goat. Oh, you want a goat? No, I thought I you didn't... meant you want to go big game. No, hunting. never,
6: no? never. I'm not one of those people. No,
4: no. Me neither. No. But you see, there's times though that you have to fend for your life against these monster wild beasts. Well,
6: if Cecil was on me and I had to decide, do I kill this uh, Mm -hmm. big lion with a collar, blinking collar on, versus my life? Cecil will probably be hurt. I probably won't win. No, you
8: would definitely (laughs) go Italian.
6: (laughs) But my Italian Brooklyn would come out. (laughs) Cecil and I would go a few rounds.
4: Well, a kayaker did not come off so well in Florida.
5: <laughs> no, no, not in Florida. <laughs> it's true in Florida. Where are you these Sue Spector
4: stories? needed stitches after a tussle in Florida. Oh, Sue! See, Florida's just a place that wants to kill you. It's America's Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in Florida wants to kill you. Uh, Sue yep. Spector, yeah, you do but-
7: want to avoid any sort of swamps or you know, mangroves or anything. <laughs> right.
5: Right. You, you know Sandy.
6: What? <laughs> We were in the Cayman Islands this summer, uh-huh. and they took us to an area where literally you could just reach right into the water and there were crocodiles right there and a woman yeah, the almost we were in the cayman islands and i mean literally just right off the dock she dropped her hat that crocodile that was underneath the dock flipped oh. around so fast we were talking with a guide, he ran and literally tackled her. I will say she was a little drunk. Oh my gosh, this is a whole nother story. Wow. I threatened to beat the <laughs> girls or um, but she Was gonna. She's like, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna wrestle that gator. Like that's literally how she talked. But that is how close they were. That you literally could reach in for your hat, and that's how Mm -hmm. close they were.
4: You know that. And they took us on a tour. Well, down south, they go out in these little aluminum craft boats. Yeah, I have no interest in that. And they go, they go fishing right next to them. And I did. Don't need to do that. Right. Well, it says here Sue Specter thought the sighting of an otter. Right? That's not the one you would think. Maybe an alligator, maybe even a Florida panther. Right. Maybe water moccasins sure. would be what you got to yeah, worry about.
6: That, that sounds no. scary. A water killer, killer
4: otter. <laughs> Just as sighting of this otter would cap off her pristine Sunday morning spent kayaking on Florida's Bradenton River, the guide leading her group said to keep her eye out for swimmers, per the Bradenton Herald. But when one came into view, its reaction was unexpected. All of a sudden, the otter jumped on the kayak. Two seconds later, he jumped on me, 77-year-old oh. Specter tells Fox 13. Hearing the screams, Specter's husband, who was kayaking ahead, flipped his boat. I was in the water with a paddle just trying to beat the otter off her back. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah.
8: What?
4: He beat her off I his like back with a paddle. right? And he's cracking her over the head. Honey, I was just trying to get the otter. That's what the 78-year-old is saying. I thought you were
6: having a diabetic fit. <laughs> it, it,
4: it, <laughs> he says the damn thing just didn't want to come off of her. Spectre says oh. she also hit the otter with the paddle before her own kayak turned over. After a tussle in the water, the oh animal released God. its grip, leaving Spectre with bite and scratch marks on her <laughs> arm and nose, and according to her guide, an earlobe dangling. It chewed oh her earlobe off. Oh, you know.
6: uh, I'm calling Spectre out on
8: this. Spectre was taken
4: to a hospital where she received stitches and rabies treatment. A second woman who was scratched also received treatment, but Spectre thinks she was lucky. A life jacket protected her back from the otter's claws, and by some miracle, I didn't have any injuries on the top of my head, Spectre says, noting the hat she was wearing was left in tatters.
5: I don't know why this is so funny to me. Oh, my God. (laughs) because the uh, visualization in my head is is, right. is actually kind of hilarious, but oh. maybe she wandered into like a where its babies were or something. Yeah, it's I don't just know.
4: a fuzzy right. bunny.
5: Because right? they're actually pretty big. I right, mean, an otter probably weighs—I yeah, don't know—sixty pounds, seventy pounds. Did you just pounds? see that cute otter story? Right. Like on Facebook, somebody was posting this There's put,
4: millions there's of otter videos. It's they're like adorable.
6: jumping out, playing with the dog. It's like rolling on the they're floor. They're so cute. They're so. I, that's why I'm saying they're killers.
4: They're hidden killers.
6: <laughs> yeah. I think she or provoked was, it. Or
4: was this like a Brooklyn otter? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you patting Yeah, I'm my guessing
7: she like waved a fish for it or something, <laughs> I don't
6: and yeah, and is now
7: blaming it.
6: On the, yeah, she's so embarrassed. She's or she was she was otter. older
4: underneath the baking sun. Maybe she kind of smelled like jerky. I'm <laughs> oh. Just trying to any kind of what's the reason? Yeah,
6: like don't dogs react that way? Right. To, like you know, certain oh. people. Maybe that's what happened with the otter.
4: That is unbelievable. It just you kn- oh. I don't know
5: if you hear this very often. I mean, is this a common thing? An, an otter, otter attack? I've attack. never heard it. <laughs> when that's otters like, attack? <laughs>
4: when otters attack on fox? <laughs> Uh, honors attack. Well, I, you know, we went, my grandfather uh, spent his last years in Louisiana and he comes out, we used to go fishing all the time. He goes, let's go fishing. I'm like, sure. So we go, and we get in a little aluminum boat. And we're like, I don't know, six inches off the water. And uh, the the guides that loaned him the boat were very nice. They're like, oh, have a good day, Mr. Cliff. Mm-hmm. And we go rowing out there. And they made some comment that I didn't understand. And as we're, we're out in the middle of the water, I go, so what did, What did he mean by that? And he goes, oh, that just meant that the water's pretty uh, busy today. And I go, oh, are there a lot of boats? He said, no, a lot of, a lot of gators out today.
8: Uh, I'm like, what? Yeah.
4: And he goes, yeah, just a lot of gators. So we're supposed to reel the fish in quickly. And really? I'm like, wait, what? So I, I was like 14 years old. And... And he's my my grandfather's a World War II vet, right? Right. Uh, Paratrooper, (laughs) concrete mason guy. He's just... Nothing phases him. And all of a sudden, he starts pointing out all the alligators floating around our boat. He goes, oh, yeah, they wait till you catch them, and then they grab your fish from you. What? I'm like, yeah, can we go bowling?
5: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
4: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
5: we we did an Everglades uh, airboat ride one time, and it (sighs) was just astonishing how many alligators are out there on that Lake Okeechobee. I mean, there were... Thousands of them. Yeah. Do you want to be just I, in, a, in a
4: lake in Florida? I, do you want to be in a little no, kayak?
5: No, I, no, no I rivers, no lakes, nope. nothing.
4: I, I
6: don't even pools like have like, alligators. You're in like them. alligator bait. <laughs> I just don't need to be that. Have you seen
4: the yeah, footage definitely. of like when when the storms hit a year or two ago? People were turning the lights on in their pools, and they had alligators <laughs> in their pool.
8: No. Oh, dun, 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 the dun,
4: dun, alligators dun, dun, are like, "Yeah, it's rough weather, man. We need to. <laughs> can we hit the pool? <laughs> Do you guys mind if we check out the pool? <laughs> and how about people if you just pop in the water?
6: Yeah, you're well, not. Remember a kid got killed on a Disney property, what, a couple yeah. of years ago, got, oh, yeah. got pulled that's into right. the water?
4: Yeah, but that was, yeah. it yep. said, beware caters.
6: Yeah. Well, I think all of Florida should just be a giant
5: right. sign saying beware. Any be place aware. there's
4: water, maybe not go.
5: Yeah. Right, that's all. And they're that on the golf courses all the time. I was yep. just going to say, yeah. just, that's the yep. last time I went mm-hmm. golfing
4: with my dad. He said, let's go. We went in Florida. Pensacola, Florida, we go out golfing. I'm not good as it is, so I always slice and I put it in bad places. Oh. He goes, go get your ball. And I go walking down there, and there's an alligator. <laughs> and then 10 feet away yeah. from it is a water moccasin, and my ball is in between. And I'm like, I'm going to need another ball. <laughs> my dad goes, just go get it. I go, no. He couldn't <laughs> no. see what I could see. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, I'm not going down there. He goes, stop being such no. a girl about it. And I go, get over here. And he comes over he goes, yeah, let's get another ball.
6: Yeah, no kidding. My That's Lord. the last time I'm going to yeah. play
4: that game. And you're yeah. It, you got a ball in between an alligator and water <laughs> moccasin. Like, huh. Which way do I want to go here? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, what are the odds? So what? what's the attraction for Florida again? Warm weather, I crazy know. people, bugs beaches. that want to kill you, beaches but filled with shark-infested yeah. waters.
6: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and, and hurricanes. Of, and I'm actually going in April, so thank oh, you. What a bunch of wimps. Right,
4: it's great as long as you don't go you call outdoors. call yourself a man? I love Florida from inside my hotel room. Yeah,
6: exactly. Does that make me a bad guy? Uh,
4: yeah, you can't even go to Disney properties without the probability of being eaten by something now.
6: Yeah, well, you're safe if you go to Disneyland, just don't go to Disney World. Well,
4: we will talk about things in a much happier light when we return. Uh, promoting her book, Going Viral, Zombies, Viruses, and the End of the World. Zalia Schweitzer Yay. will be joining us. We'll be talking about everything from twenty-eight days later to twenty-four to the walking dead, movies, TV shows, and more. What is the attraction to the idea and why are we also fascinated by massive outbreaks? We'll find out when we return. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre
3: Plumbing, Heating and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer zero percent financing for thirty-six months.
4: Ah, zombies. <laughs> Look who's on top of the it's music. It's <laughs> Good job, Molina. You're tuned in to the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom, I'm Dave Schrader. Tom will be back Monday. Joining us now on the show, Dahlia Schweitzer is a pop culture critic and acclaimed writer of film, television, music, gender, identity, and everything in between. She's the author of several books, including Cindy Sherman's Office Killer, Another Kind of Monster, her new book, Going Viral, Zombies, Viruses, and the End of the World, Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us, Dahlia.
0: Thank you for having me.
4: It's a cheery day on the show, so it's a good time to talk about this. <laughs>
0: you, you would think it was October. Right.
4: It's the, uh, the, the zombie viruses. Why are we so fascinated, do you think, by by these viral movies, TV shows, and, and series? I mean, there's Walking Dead, The Strain, all of these different kind of uh, shows pop up regarding the end-of-the-world scenarios, and... and how close we are with all these diseases going crazy
0: um obviously there's a complex answer to that question uh because it took me about four years to kind of dig into it um but i think one very real answer for why we're so obsessed with all these end of the world scenarios is that a lot of people feel like they're not that unrealistic you know like they feel Mm -hmm. like this might be just around the corner and this becomes sort of the way of you know um seeing what might happen and how things would play out so that you're kind of more prepared for it. And then I think another reason is also that people have sort of had it up to here with the white noise of contemporary living and this notion of, um, you know, you have to pay your mortgage and your credit card and your cable bill and you have to just do, you know, keep up with Facebook and keep up with Instagram and it's all this blah, 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 blah. And so there's been this kind of romanticizing of, you know, what the world would look like when all that nonsense was gone, you know, and the only thing you have to worry about is survival.
4: Romanticizing? I think we're watching different series, Dahlia.
0: <laughs> no, I think the fact that we're so obsessed with these shows right. shows obviously that we're not, we're, not, we're not all being masochistic by watching them.
4: Is it just you to know, try there's... to make us feel like the, where we're at in our lives is not as bad as it could be?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a large part of it, that I feel like a lot of people think, I mean, you know, you see things play out, like what with the riots in Ferguson, you know, I mean, I think at the the back of people's minds is this knowledge that it seems like we're kind of just a few hours away from social collapse at any given point, you know, it's like it just takes a couple things, and then it's like, boom, social order falls apart. So I think we're, we're both afraid of it and fascinated by it.
5: Well, we also have a history. I mean, you know, I mean, Europe has had millions of people wiped out by viruses.
0: Right, right, right. But that's, I think, that's a separate issue. I think what's interesting about a lot of these um, sort of contemporary narratives, like The Walking Dead, is that the, the outbreak has already happened, and we've kind of fast forwarded through all the like gory parts, and now we're looking at okay. what is the end of the world going to look like? And it's ironically an end of the world where the, the most threatening force is other humans.
4: Do you think, Dahlia, you know, I host another show and we've talked about this aspect in in the past, but isn't it interesting when there are these cycles that come through of these killer viruses, swine Mm -hmm. flu, bird flu, uh, Ebola, whatever, it always seems like it coincides with something else big in the news that suddenly that story gets deflected to how we're all just a breath away from being wiped out of existence by whatever new disease is being brought into our country.
0: A hundred percent. And there's even documentation, some researchers looked back um, at the Korean War Mm -hmm. when people were warning of like, you know, biological warfare and we had to like spend money on biological warfare prevention and protection and all that stuff. And then looking back on it, it's kind of like the weapons of mass destruction where no one can find any actual proof that this was happening um, and that the country that has the most Funding for biological warfare is, of course, America. Um, So I think there is a very deliberate manipulation that's going on for a variety of reasons. And I think one is 100 percent to deflect. I mean, heart disease is much more likely to kill you than Ebola but yet yeah, we don't really hear about heart disease and diabetes in the same kind of like sensationalized way.
4: Or wild otter outbreaks in Florida, apparently. <laughs> <Right>. exactly. <laughs> why, why are we so terrified of viruses like Ebola? I mean, a few years ago in the news when that story of, of one of the people getting into our country with it, Yep. Uh, you know, all, the whole world was gripped by this story and, oh, my God, this is it. This is the beginning of the end. And we're so yep. fearful of something that is it because we don't know enough about it? We've only seen the Hollywoodized versions and that's why there is this overwhelming fear.
0: I think that's 100 percent part of the problem. And I know like when we had that outbreak in 2014 and people were losing their minds, and there was the doctor in New York who rode the subway to the bowling alley and the bowling alley was like closed down for a week. And people said they were never going to take the subway again. And it's just like, OK, calm down. You know, it's, it's really not that easy to catch Ebola. It's not like, you know, if you happen to be in the same room as someone who's infected, you're you know, doomed to die. Uh, but I think part of the overreaction is 100 percent that we keep seeing Ebola on TV as being this incredibly graphic thing. And, of course, on TV and in the movies, they're always fictionalizing it to make it more dangerous. You know, so they're always making it like, oh, you can catch it in the air, right, which doesn't actually happen. So part of it is totally that we have this kind of irrational um, fear that's been uh, played into by politicians and Hollywood and all that stuff. But then I think another thing that's really unique about viruses, and this is in the book I talk about the connection between viruses and terrorism, Is there's I mean we're also irrationally afraid of a terrorist attack right Um, and I think the two tap into a specific kind of anxiety which is that there's nowhere that you can go where you're safe and I think people like if for instance with HIV there's this notion oh if I'm a good person and I don't have unprotected sex and I don't use drugs um, I'm not going to get infected Whereas with Ebola, people are like, oh, my God, I could be a good person and I could do all these things and I could still get infected. Right. And I could be in my summer home and I could get infected. Right. So there's this notion that like nowhere is safe. And I think that taps into a different kind of fear, whereas like, again, with heart disease and diabetes, people feel like they have more agency over that. You know, it's like your behavior is going to affect whether or not you get it. Um, So I think that's part of the reason why people are so freaked out by viruses.
4: Is, is it the media's fault, do you think, that there's such an overwhelming fear? The way they play these stories up and, and the way 100%. they let them unfold, right? I, why why take that tact? Why not just educate people instead of putting the terror into them?
0: Oh, because if, are, you, are you more likely to buy a magazine that has the headline Ebola outbreak threatens world or Ebola outbreak no big deal?
4: Well, I, but wouldn't it make sense that you maybe use the, the headline-grabbing deal, and then within the article, you then unfold the real story and that, you know, it's probably not going to happen. We're, we're safe. This is how it actually goes. I understand that we are a weird culture. We're a weird people, <laughs> right? We're terrified. Yeah. We want to read the bloody, gory headlines, but if we can right. feed the information to people instead of just feeding the fear... It seems like people would be intrigued with it anyway. They'd see the flashy headline and then pick it up and learn that, okay, this isn't as bad a thing as we thought.
0: I mean, I think that definitely happens. And in my book, I talk about situations where you'll have, like, a magazine article that will have something like, you know, will Ebola kill us all? And then in paragraph three, there'll be a doctor who says, no, Ebola won't kill us all. Right. But it's buried in paragraph three, and a lot of people might not even read the paragraph three, right? They just see the headline, and that's all, you know, they put two and two together. Um, so I think there's definitely this kind of sensationalizing, because that's what sells magazines, that's what, um, you know, gets people to go to the movies. But also, I think, really interestingly, and not a, a lot of this inflation comes from the doctors and the scientists, and I don't know if they're doing it to, say, you know, make sure that they get enough resources and funding and all that stuff um but like in my book i talk about you know the world health organization saying that they're going to be like seven million deaths due to this upcoming virus you know or the world health organization saying like one billion are going to die or the flu is going to kill 150 million and then that gets reported and then when they're like a hundred deaths that's not as interesting a news article so maybe that's buried in there somewhere on page 18.
4: I have a theory and I don't buy into conspiracy theories often Dahlia but but hear me out on this. Okay. About five six years ago there was this breakout of this zombie-like actions of people that were taking a drug called bath salts. Oh yeah I remember. Bath salts have not vanished people are still taking bath salts. Right
6: and they stopped eating people apparently right. right isn't
4: that weird i said i said i wonder if there was some kind of weird zombie outbreak they're blaming on the bath salts and now they've swept it <laughs> because because you know, people don't just stop taking the drug it, it's right. cheap it's affordable it's easy to get your hands on right. why have people stopped eating people did they put <laughs> did they put the uh, the spin on it that this really did take place cuz that was weird that was some that weird was really, news yeah. and it was like for three, three three or four weeks straight somebody was eating somebody
0: Right, I'm, and
4: weren't they all German? Wasn't you were like such a, a racist. Thing? Such a, no, it was here in the United I States. Yeah, I was here in the U.S. Oh wow! Yeah, the one woman, okay. the one woman who was babysitting her grandchild got hopped up on it and ate the kid. There some was some homeless guy. Wow, the yeah, yeah the, some homeless guy. Cops were around in the corner, and there's some guy <laughs> hunched over a homeless guy eating the homeless guy's face. <laughs>
6: right, right. There's
4: like, and it took place here in the United States, not just like the weird Germans that are weird. Why <laughs> like, I made anything. fun of Germans? Right. Well, I'm German. I'm allowed to. But, you know, that to me was a weird instance of, you know, if you're going to buy into the strangeness of the zombie culture and, and mm-hmm. the conspiratorial angle we like to play, that seemed to me one of the most likely points in history that something was going on that nobody's really talking about. True story. Do you watch
0: the show iZombie?
4: I do. We I were just talking show. about yeah. that this morning. Oh, okay.
0: So, yeah, so that's obviously a major plot point.
4: Right. And I, I love the fact that they've you know, that in that show they do it with a twist, that there's something so I I, right. I always appreciate when you can take something and turn it, you know, on its head. I grew up my first introduction to the whole zombie thing was my dad waking me up on a Halloween at midnight to watch Night of the Living Dead on channel thirty two. Yeah. And oh, that's so great! Even with commercials, scared the living bejesus <laughs> out of me, and it still to this day freaks me out. But you, I love that the, there was a social commentary behind what was going on. And let's face it, the, the reason people growling
6: are so, of the dog, yeah, I know, yes, yeah,
4: someone's holding a dog Dur-
6: during this is hilarious. Right.
4: <laughs> or is that Andy attacking Catherine? Catherine, are you there? No.
0: It's my dog. It's at the man. That's hilarious. I'm like, the growling. <laughs> or
7: so we have, have, have a dog in believe. here, too, and yeah. every so often he oh, barks and growls at nothing. So
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh-huh. Or, uh, or I have a zombie chained up. You Obviously. don't know. It's, could be. it's one
4: of those. Could think, be. Have you seen the movie Fido?
0: Oh, my gosh. You remember? No, I... that's the one with the zombie dog, right? No.
4: No, it's Billy Connolly. That's Cujo. Yeah, that's Cujo. <laughs> oh, okay. Fido is a zombie, and they figured out a way to domesticate the zombies. To do your like mowing your lawn yes. and doing your work.
6: Oh, that was right. such a good. I actually reviewed that on your show yeah. years and years ago. That and was such a, a good show. It's a
4: great movie, and it totally sets it. It's it's a it gives you this very lassie vibe yeah. with the guy. <laughs> the, there's one scene where the kid's running through the tall grass, all happy, and a zombie's running behind him, and <laughs> it's just one of the weirdest movies. But it's so clever and well written and yes. done. Uh, but it is, it's is—it's—it's that aspect of it could be anyone, our neighbor, our friend, our children, our parents, you know, our, our lovers. That's, I think, why the zombie thing appeals to so many worldwide. Mm-hmm. You've just got no, that, the enemy
8: within. Be anybody, Right.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. And that's, I think, 100% why it became so much more popular after 9-11. And a lot of these narratives are all about you know, the danger can be anywhere. And with, you know, shows like The Walking Dead, it's like the virus is already within you and humans are the most dangerous and, like, we don't know who's going to get
4: you next. Thanks. Spoiler alert. They're all
0: playing on this show. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's revealed in, like, season two. Yeah. (laughs) So... If you're very behind, then, sorry, that's the limitations.
4: Now my wife does no reason to listen or watch The the, uh, the Walking Dead with me. She knows the whole punchline. <laughs> it's, it is it is weird, and I, I love the, the fascination with these different things and the way the government plays it out. You know, sometimes it gives you that sense of are they showing us this? Are we being uh, inundated with it to see how people would react to the fact that if something like a biological weapon went off, how are people prepared or understanding of how to deal with it?
0: Well, what's really interesting is after 9-11, people said that they had been prepared to deal with, you know, the aftermath in New York because of the zombie narrative. Wow. So I think interesting. 100% there's this notion that it's, it's kind of this survivalist training that we're not getting in schools or from our families or from the government.
6: Boy, I need to start watching zombie shows.
4: I told you. (laughs) I know.
0: Got to get on the bandwagon.
6: I got
4: to get you back to doing reviews for me, Remini, so we can get you back into the horror movie vibe. No
6: kidding. I am really out of touch. Well,
4: Dahlia, this this is an awesome book. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Going Viral, Zombies, Viruses, and the End of the World. How often do you hear that? It's a lot of fun, and it's a great book. Talking about the Thank end of the you. world. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Check it out. We'll uh, we'll have links up and around for it as well. Thanks for visiting with us today, Dahlia. We appreciate it.
0: Anytime, anytime. And the good Let news me know is next time you're talking monsters.
4: will do. The good news is zombies did not get Alex. She's in studio with us. I'm here. We'll be back with more here on the Tom Bernard Show. out to Welcome to the Show. So uh, we go to commercial break and suddenly the merits and unbelievability of everything zombie starts coming out, Catherine. <laughs> Do you guys, How uh, did that happen? Do you guys watch uh, zombie movies or, or TV shows at all in the uh, Bernard family I, household?
5: I have seen some of them, yes. Are you a fan not of not The Walking a...
4: Dead or any of those shows?
5: You know, I think I started too late in, into the whole series. I, I, yeah, I, I never like, yeah, I, I, I ever
7: cared when it was like a new thing.
5: I think you need to watch that from the beginning. You start in like season three and you're like, I don't really understand this.
4: You know, you can go back and watch the old shows now. They allow that.
5: Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I know, but it just never... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how it is when you just like, you know, you start, just, just check it out to see what all the fuss is about. And, you know, you just don't pick the right episodes. Yeah. It's just harder to get into it. So, I mean, one of these days, see, I, just, I here, will start from day my, one. Because everyone my, loves it.
4: Here's my problem. They're like eight or nine years now into the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. How are there still fat people? <laughs> There's not yeah. enough food to how, go around. Wh-
6: how are there still people,
4: period? How are there? fat? Well, people <laughs> I understand. I, what I don't <laughs> understand is you've now survived eight years. You're in the woods where these people always get bitten. Always. How do you right. not hear something shuffling up behind yeah. you? I'm half deaf, and I can hear when my kids are creeping up behind me. No
6: kidding. How can you not hear?
5: <laughs> my or, husband or, wakes
6: me up uh, eating a Kit Kat. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my, my husband be eating a Kit Kat. I'm dead asleep, and that wrapper wakes me up. Right. So there's no zombie creeping up on me.
4: So how is that even a possible thing? I know the big joke for a long time was, it's the zombie apocalypse. Who keeps mowing people's lawns? <laughs> Because whenever you see it, the, the lawns <laughs> are all beautifully manicured. manicured. And then they started they started CGIing in the grass right. for it as it uh, yeah, um, I can't, progressed.
7: When I notice things like that, it really does, you know, it's all I notice. It's like, you know, yeah, they're all, they've got their uh, cuticles manicured and their hair is always gelled. And it's like, <laughs> the so they're well, just, just, what, point. they... Yeah, Yeah. they're going on hair gel excursions or what? Well,
6: and that's that's kind of what I was saying before, and Dave was giving me a hard time about that. I'm like, it's the makeup is so unreal, and I get so Mm. into the editing, the producing. But are you talking about the zombie makeup is unreal?
4: No, that's very good. It's not. Now the makeup on the people, the survivors, is not because they're flawless. (laughs)
8: They are, (laughs) and they have
4: great hair. <laughs> how, did that, how does that happen?
6: Uh, yeah, well, it's like he said. You know, they're going on like Gosh. hair gel excursions. Well, you know, the makeup artist is right there. We would still
4: be that way, though, don't you think? People would still. Well, be let that, me tell you, I,
6: I'd be on point. Would I, you? I would at least have my hair in a bun. Well, I'd be. I'd find somebody to do my nails. There'd have to be somebody in an alley somewhere doing nails, <laughs> and I would be there getting my nails well, done. Don't-
5: don't you think that the zombies would figure out that all they had to do would be to go to the salons and there'd be lots of people? Well,
4: that, I, that was the whole great thing. They,
8: they, they should start everybody doing nails. Well, <laughs> that,
4: that was the great part of George Romero's trilogy of, of the zombie movies. You know, the Night of the Living Dead was, you, where would you go? You'd go towards the houses. And in the second movie, they go to the mall. And all the zombies are wandering around the mall because that's where they're so used to. We're such right. a, a, an economic society and we're so materialistic. We're so predictable. That the zombies are just go there out of habit. So they're just wandering around the mall looking in the windows. and Starbucks. Right, exactly. Oh, My <laughs> wife will be in line at Starbucks even in zombie form.
8: <laughs>
4: telling me one more minute, one more minute. Uh,
8: the,
4: but the zombie movies in the shows, I, like I said, I think it's fascinating. People like them because it is that. It could be anybody. At any time,
6: I think my neighbor is a zombie. Do you? I do. <laughs> Runs right. around the neighborhood asking for a machete like crazy. I'd like,
4: be a zombie hunter. What? I don't know like that zombies are people. looking what? for machetes.
8: We,
6: yeah, we have crazy people in our like we live in a golf community, and only because I'm moving, am I going to out these crazy people? <laughs> No. But yeah, there was some weird thing going on on our block. There's some like teenager was screaming, and this neighbor comes running out of his house, yelling to his wife, "Grab my machete! Grab all oh, my sword! Grab my sword! my sword!" We're like, "What in the <laughs> world?"
5: That's
6: yeah, a frustrated yeah. samurai.
5: Mental yeah, exactly.
4: note: Do not accept a barbecue <laughs> invitation to the Remini residence. Yeah.
5: When yes, when your they neighbors are South looking
4: suburbs. for swords to de- to dispatch the problem in their home.
6: Crazy! I
4: think he's a zombie. Well, we believed. My kids brought it up to me, and it was funny, but it was very uh, uh, Fright Night-esque. We believed our neighbor was a vampire because you never saw him in the daylight. And you would hear constant pounding in his house at night like he was building (laughs) coffins or something. Was he hot? Then, Then you'd see him come out at night, and he'd have the collar flipped up. Oh. And he'd dart from his house right into the car, <laughs> and then you would hear pounding from inside what? his house.
6: Come on. I kid you not. Was I he kid hot? Because if he was hot, I, I might have invited
4: him over. He didn't he didn't do anything for me. Okay. But he I, wasn't like sparkly hot, in the sunlight. So. Like
6: that that hot vampire thing, like I'm yeah, all for it. That would be it. Then
4: you're okay? All, as long as they're hot.
6: There'd be like a you know, vampire's welcome sign on the window, I'd leave them unlocked, I'd be yeah. all for
4: it. Yeah. As long Aww. as they're hot. Says a lot about our culture, a little bit more than the zombie culture, right there. But uh, what is yeah, with
5: the dogs today? I don't know. Stop it.
4: Fending off, letting you know that the evil is right around you. They're <laughs> like
5: zombies. I do
4: have a good story that'll make uh, make you happy in okay, a second. But you
6: said the the otter story was a good story. Wait, right. You said wait, and, and you was. said the diabetic story. Oh yeah, these are good. just great. But here's
4: here's here's one for you, Andy. You'll you'll like this. You'll appreciate this with me, right? People are worried about the zombie outbreak. I think it's the uh, AI. The artificial intelligence coming to life that we have to be concerned about. Amazon's Alexa appears to be pulling a HAL 9000. People say digital personal assistant has been letting out with a creepy laugh without any prompting. And
6: you know what? I bet somebody can actually get it because it was on all the news channels this morning. So somebody can probably pull that audio right now. It
4: says Amazon is aware, which is even creepier. (laughs) Amazon is aware Alexa is laughing and they're working for a fix for it. Um, Starting in February, owners of Alexa-enabled devices began reporting laughter coming from their digital personal assistants without any sort of prompting whatsoever. Just lying in bed about to fall asleep when Alexa on my Amazon Echo Dot lets out with a, or dot lets out with a very loud and creepy laugh.
6: And it is creepy. What? I need to hear this. One yeah.
4: person tweeted last month, there's a good chance I get murdered tonight after hearing the laugh. Yeah, I saw that on the, the news laugh. today. <laughs> According to BuzzFeed, people have described it as chilling, witch-like laugh. I don't think that's... It's not like a... It's, eh. no, <laughs> it's
6: not it's, one of those, but, but it's, it's a, creepy. It is. It's not like somebody just like it's creepy
4: they also say the laugh is not in the alexa voice which is what's most that's what's
6: creepy about it is it's not the alexa voice that the it doesn't match so that's what's weird
4: one reddit user says it sounded like a real person in fact some people say that they thought someone was in their home when the alexa laughed others unplug their devices rather than risk hearing the laugh again It's so far unclear what's causing Alexa to laugh, but Gizmodo reports it seems like a technical issue rather than, we suppose, the beginnings of a robot uprising, according to the article. While some people say Alexa is laughing without their prompting and without making a chiming noise first, like she would typically when she's activated. Others say the personal assistant has laughed while being asked to turn off lights or turn itself off when its physical volume buttons are pressed. For anyone interested in hearing Alexa's laugh for themselves, she will giggle when asked. So you can do you have Alexa on your phone? I guess if you just ask her to laugh, she'll giggle and it's the same laugh.
8: Oh,
5: no, it's it I have the thing at home. The dot yeah. there, or the tower? The yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's was really, a it was you, if you're cringy. laying in bed uh, at night
4: also you here. Yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: I think Dan it's was Russia. just
5: gone for work for four days and if that would have happened while well, i was home alone i would have burnt the house down, burned,
4: burned it to the ground that's the only answer <laughs> like, i respect that, that crazy no thanks uh yeah so do you do you guys use alexa as well Catherine, or no
7: she had to go pick up a package apparently
4: oh, so God, it's but i
7: don't th- think they do no they
8: sent a the free alexa. alexa no they don't have, that
4: don't have alexa. one of those dots no.
6: i i want to get one i've been wanting one Really? We like we yeah. listen to music on it.
4: We've it's... got one I refuse to plug in now that I've read this story. Well, I don't want it well, listening like, to me.
6: But then they were talking about at one point it was recording people. Right. So well, it is. So I know a lot of people that I know have actually gotten rid of it.
4: As a matter of fact, the uh, police have had to try to subpoena to get them because there right. have been a few murder cases where something is said. What do you say? Okay. Alexa, you just say Alexa, or you say Alexa. If you say something similar, to that it'll start. It'll start Recording. listening. Yeah, there's a certain. And somebody word, has, yeah. while they're getting murdered, has called out, and it records the entire situation. And mm-hmm. I wonder if it's triggered by calling out the word help. <laughs> That's the, Is laugh. That the laugh. Yeah.
6: <laughs> that doesn't sound like Alexa. No. <laughs> it sounds like a like a preteen boy. I'm almost. telling you, it's Russia.
4: It's Russia. They're laughing Russia at for us. for
6: sure. It's Russia.
4: Through our Echo Dots. <laughs> They're squawking at us. It's, uh, yeah, that's unnerving, right? You get that, the, the machines. But then how about the fact that people are talking when you chat about it? You could try this with your phones at home. Try this experiment, I guess. Um, that while you're on social media, we already know if you go to Amazon and you look at underwear right. when you go yeah. to social media all of a sudden you start seeing ads yeah. for underwear we know that's taking place but now what people are noticing is i might have my facebook open and mike and i are talking before the show and i'll start talking about oh man did oh, you yeah. hear dusty springfield albums are on sale and all of a sudden i st- start getting ads for dusty springfield something albums. like yeah.
6: that happened yesterday to me and i was on the phone with someone and i said i swear like facebook is listening to me somebody mm-hmm. yeah like Literally, we were just talking. I just I went to start to Google it, and it finished the sentence, and it was like the most random thing we were talking about. And you would not think that would be the first search that came up. And it just, you know, how it autofills, right? Like, and yeah. you can pick. Oh, these are the things. Random, random thing. It would never have been the first choice, and that's exactly what I said. Yeah, I said something had to have been listening in order to do that.
4: Well, yeah. not when I sit at home. I used to sit at home working on my computer. I, I fold a little piece of paper or something over the camera well, because they've said that people are have now figured out, and there are websites you can actually go to where you can watch people's home security cameras. You can watch their baby monitors.
8: Yeah, baby monitors. You can watch is like through big... their
4: computer. And it's like oh. these sites that you can go to, and you log in, and you could just start going. And those people have no clue that, that their is camera so crazy. is turned on. Yeah, well, if, they're
6: saying that can... about phones now, too, though. Right. That they can get into your phone and turn your camera on. You don't know. And they can pinpoint where you are, listen in on your on your conversations. That's why
4: I always address really slowly at night before bed. I'm going to give them a show. Give them a show. Yeah, I want to feel heck? like they're, they're getting their money's worth if they're well, going to the... check my station. I'll let them get a good one. Right. What, so,
7: the nice thing about uh, things like laptop cameras, and I believe uh, phone cameras, I'm not sure though, um, is that most of them are hardwired so if there's power going to the camera, there's power going to the light next to it too. So it's impossible for the camera to be on without the light also being on. Well, they're saying so that they're that.
6: bypassing that. That's what I you heard. You can't that bypass
7: they're... it. The wire is actually
4: like cam- going. When my camera's on, there's no light next
6: to Mine it. Mine has a light. But what I saw on like a or 48 hours is how they were bypassing the light. Yikes. So that's why they say put something over it, whether it's on or not. The only,
7: you can bypass the light if it's made poorly. A good design has the wire literally going, it goes from the light to the camera so that it's just not possible for the light not to be on if the camera's on. Eesh. But yeah, older ones or ones made, you know, like super cheap, you can't really trust that necessarily.
8: Yeah,
6: like my sister has something physically on her computers, right. so you can't, you can't. access so, right. you, the they, they
4: sell those little like V plastic pieces you can snap yeah. right over it. So yeah, it yeah, yeah, the flappy thing. Yeah, so that, but I do. I just fold paper or something and I set it over the spot while I'm talking or or if I'm working on my computer or doing interviews.
8: Right.
4: Uh, and I learned that the hard way because I do a lot of my stuff. We'll do it through Skype for our radio show. right? And uh, one day I'm sitting there doing something, and the guy goes, did you mean to have your camera on? And I'm what? like, what? And I open up the other deal, and he's just watching me, sitting there shirtless, <laughs> getting my stuff ready for the show. And I'm like, God, it was a summer, Alex. It was hot. My air conditioning <laughs> wasn't working. And you can't have the fan blowing on you. So at that point, I had to <laughs> do what I had to do. I'm like, yeah, I Whoa. meant to have the camera on. Why shouldn't you be checking <laughs> right. this out?
8: Why
5: is your shirt on? Yeah, why is your yeah. shirt
8: on? Weirdo. You weirdo. Freak. Oh.
4: Well, I used to do oh TV gosh. local in town. I used to do the home shopping network. What? Uh, Shop NBC? Yeah, but before that, it was Value Vision. Right. And now and, it's
8: Evine. Evine. Oh, Evine. Yeah, now it's Evine. I used Evine. to do,
4: I was the coin guy. I was one of their numismatists, so I'd go on and sell coins in, so sell coins in the, the middle of the m- night. M- what? But it was the so mis- numismatist. Mm, smell that. It's mm, a big one. That's a big one. But it would be so hot in there at night, and we had to wear these suit coats. So they would only shoot us from the waist up. So the the guys we were always walking around in shorts or <laughs> underwear, and your suit coat, and your weird shirt, and tie. And then they would back up jokingly before they cut cut back in real quick for the uh, show. But man, it would be so hot under those lights. Oh, yeah. And then you can't run a fan because you've got that, yeah that noise. noise running yeah. in the background through the whole show. So <laughs> there's a lot of those newscasters who are sitting at their desks in uh, pantsless. Yeah, pantsless in shorts. <laughs> Just think about that next time you have Passolt around. Huh? Oh, God,
8: <laughs> put Get some them. pants on, you weirdo.
4: Get some pants on. Uh, McDonald's in Linwood, California has turned its golden arches upside down. The company said it did so in celebration of women everywhere. McDonald's is flipping its logo on its digital channels to celebrate International Women's Day today. People driving by a McDonald's in Linwood, California might be baffled by the upside-down sign, but the golden arches, typically standing as an M, have been flipped over to become a W. But this isn't just a bizarre prank or careless mistake. The upside down arches are in celebration of women everywhere. Will that make you go in and get a greasy burger? Not in a million years. Well, this show's brought to you by McDonald's. Yeah. We'll be back. We've got more right here on the Tom Bernard Show.
3: Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK.
1: Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
3: Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael.
2: Thanks, Tom. Always a pleasure to be with you.
3: One thing we keep talking about is that North American Banking Company is a community bank.
2: Why is that important? Well, two things. First, as a locally owned and operated bank, we move quickly for our customers when it matters most. You're not waiting for a loan decision to come out of state or making the decision right here at your home. Secondly, our customers appreciate the fact that we get to know them and understand their goals. For many of our customers, we're coaches, mentors, and sometimes sounding boards for their ideas. It's hard to get that from a big bank, but it's something we do just because it's Tuesday.
3: Well, that sounds like a great way to do business.
2: All of our employees are working to help meet your business needs. It's how we create loyalty.
3: Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender.
8: People say I'm crazy,
1: just a little touch.
4: We're back. This is the Tom Bernard show. Tom, we'll be back with you on Monday. Hey, you can check me out. I'll be hosting coast to coast AM Friday and Saturday this week. You can get information at coast to coast, It's coast to coast, for the best in overnight talk radio. Check that out. You can also check out my show at darknessradio.com. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We bring you the best in paranormal talk radio. So <laughs> we've been a little heavy on it today. I think, uh, I want to talk to you, Nicole, about you come from a a very prestigious family, a very interesting family. Yes. Nicole Remini. And uh, you've got to be pretty proud of your sister and what she's done in in kind of shining this light and taking a stand against uh, a very strange situation with the Scientology uh, programs. Now, your whole family was involved in Scientology. Yeah,
6: all of us. Now, is it yep. something
4: you're comfortable talking about, or sure? We're going to go clear after this. I don't know how this goes. You I don't might
6: wanna... be OT seven by the time we're done. What does
4: that mean? That sounds horribly <laughs> bad. Is that it's bad? supposed to be good. Operating Thetan. There, uh,
6: there you go. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. But my gosh, I'm so incredibly proud of her. I mean, right. she won an Emmy. She and uh, like, and the fact that she won a pro- like for a producer, mm-hmm. I think, is really cool because it really shows. The validation of one of what she's doing but just that people really appreciated what she did um so i think she's doing it in a very classy way
4: and this was prior to family like uh, stardom this wasn't something that was done like kitchen no. all stars were ch- kind of joining into scientology your family was a part of this yeah belief system before that right when my
6: mom married my second stepdad. Sorry, Mom, because there's a few. Um, but um, she, he was a Scientologist. okay. And so I think I was about seven. Leah was five. So that's how early we got into Scientology. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those things that we just did it because that's what we were supposed to do. It was like going to church on Sunday type of thing. So... We just followed suit and then we joined the Sea Org, uh, which is insane. You signed a billion year contract. We moved to uh, Clearwater, Florida. A
4: billion year contract. A billion contract.
6: year contract. Um, and it's really kind of amazing because they they had like a cute guy, like a young recruiter. Talked to Leah and I to try and get us on board with this whole thing sure. um yeah he was super cute he's like oh I just I hated my middle name at the time you know having Bella as a middle name when you didn't feel like the beautiful child and that was your middle name um he's, oh I just love your middle name and you'll get to be a gymnast and I know you want to be an attorney so you'll still get to go to law school and you don't get to do anything I mean we lived in a room with I think eight other girls in a dorm room and we were separated from our mom and you have to wear uniforms and you eat when they tell you you can eat. I mean, it is completely a cult situation. But uh, I was never really on board. I always was uh, like had a real strong belief system in God. So um, I was always kind of the black sheep. But I played along because my family did it. Um, But the end of it really for me was, it's kind of funny. So if a lot of people that know my story, my grandmother wanted me to be a nun. Like that was kind of my plan. And so when we went to the Sea Org, Mm -hmm. one of these girls, this girl Susie had said that I had had sex with Chad, my boyfriend. She liked Chad. Well, there is no premarital sex in Scientology. So they wanted to put me on something called the RPF, which is a rehabilitation program. I think I was 14 years old. And it is literally like you're in black clothes. It's like Scarlet Letter, and you are running everywhere. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, sir. Yes, sir. Scrubbing uh, like Tom Cruise's hotel room mm-hmm. with a toothbrush, you know, that type of thing as a kid. Ugh. We're not going to school. Um, you know, we we really have no education, so it's really kind of funny where we ended up in life. Um, school is not mandatory because you're working and you're on course all night, so um the kids never went to school. We really like were running amok around there doing kind of what we wanted to do. But when they wanted to put me on this rehabilitation program, and I was like, sex, are you kidding me? It's the last thing on my mind. Like <laughs> I literally was going to be a nun before I got here. Like, well, you're do you- sharing
4: a room with seven other girls. Where is the time and place for sex it, on the old Scientology Exactly,
6: And it's like you, the door it doesn't have a lock on it. There's no locks on any of the doors. There's barely curtains on the windows. And it's like as if you were living in a comfort inn. But, like, a run-down Comfort Inn. It was actually the Quality Inn. So if you've, like, driven on freeways and you're on a road trip and you see a Quality Inn, that's what they had us living in.
4: Well, there goes two more sponsors for the show. Alex.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it. Tom. Well, they bought the building, so it wasn't okay. theirs. But um, So my mom actually snuck me out in the middle of the night and sent me to L.A. because she knew that that didn't happen. So, um so but, she
4: broke you out of the compound. She
6: broke me out of the compound. And now, was then that her, putting
4: her life in, uh, not not in jeopardy in the sense of like they're going to put a hit out on her, but I mean, does that, is that putting her in the sense that her they, whole life could get upended because yes, of this? Yes, totally.
6: She could have been on the RPF for doing that. So she could have gotten in trouble for doing that. And I mean, you're on like a serious lockdown. So to sneak me out in the middle of the night was not an easy task. She sent me to LA and then they came out probably about a month later. Okay. And, um, and, but they still wanted to do Scientology. So we just we still did Scientology, but just as parishioners type thing going on course and not being on staff. Okay. And so um, it's a crazy story. I mean, there's so much to it. It's so ridiculous. And I will say I am finally in therapy for it. (laughs) So it's one of those things where it's really affected my whole life. You know, it's like I look at our kids now and they're going to prom and I'm like, prom, like what a dumb thing. But I didn't experience any of those things. You know, like you had to get a dress and get your hair done and your nails done just to go dance. Like, what a dumb thing. But I have no.
4: So when you were kind of under the employ of them, then you have to go by these more strict rules. Oh, yeah. But when you're just a parishioner, are the rules still set? Yes. That you can you have of...
6: to be there seven days a week. You have to be on course seven days a week. And you're paying for your bridge. And it sounds like Andy's pretty uh, I'm familiar. Course. Yeah. You have to go to classes, Scientology classes. And you go every single day. So it's 70. And when you're not on course, your supervisor, your teacher is calling you, going, Why aren't you on course today? Where were you? And then if you don't show up enough, well, then you have to go to the ethics officer. And the ethics officer is the guy that slaps your hand for not being on course. So it's like you're not being part of the group. And it's like there's punishments involved. So they're and it's not crazy. teaching you
4: like the alphabet, math. No. They're, they're just teaching you about
6: Scientology principles.
4: Scientology principles.
6: Yep. So yeah, so how, it was really how, crazy. But isn't,
4: Okay, when we're growing up, laws are pretty tight about education and schooling. How do How they-, they
6: know? Well, look at those kids in California, uh. those 15 kids. They went one time to say, why aren't they in school? But they had a school on premises. So they probably, if somebody came, they go, oh, here's a school. And But am I registered there in Florida? Who knows? You know, it's I don't know what my mom did or didn't do well, me, at that
4: time. Let me time. ask you this. I grew up... Uh, in a a christian atmosphere i went to a lutheran grade school Mm -hmm. they teach you about religion right and i didn't question it okay there's god there's jesus this is the stories right okay okay it's just it and i know to outside people christianity sounds insane right but when you're when you're being taught Scientology, are you sitting there going, what? Yes. we from where?
6: See, and I was doing that the whole time. So I, that's what I'm saying. So as far as like being the black sheep, I mean, that was me. I was going to regular church on Sunday because I do believe in God. So during the week I was doing Scientology and then on Sunday I was going to church, church. Did they now, frown
4: upon church, church? They
6: completely frown upon it. They say we respect other other people's religious beliefs. That's one of their laws, but that's absolutely a lie. So my mom got called in wanting to know how she felt if that I was going to church on Sundays, but they could never upset me because of being Leah's sister the rule in Scientology is you, te- you treat the celebrity family as if they're celebrities. So nobody ever gave me a hard time. But then it started getting to the point that they started calling them in saying, does Nicole say anything bad about Scientology? Because they were getting ready to have them disconnect from me because I was like completely out.
4: So when Leah decided to strike out and get into acting... Right, I mean, if they're trying to hold such tight reins, do they frown upon that, or do they want they They want want high profile people? Yes. Did they ever try to cajole you into you know you should? Why aren't you out there modeling? You should be an actress, too. No,
6: nope, they never did so any of that. Get that.
4: Because you were the rebel, they were afraid you'd go out and yeah. do what your sister's doing now kind of thing? I,
6: I don't know. They like I said, they had Leah. They were good. They didn't need it. I mean, and Leah was, like, you know, contributing to us going on course and buying all these things for us when we needed it, like, Scientologically. Um, So she was investing quite a bit of money, even on behalf of our family. So, um, they did just, did they the kids question us. or were you
4: not allowed to question the teachings? Like if something came up, would you be like, what?
6: Oh, if you questioned it, you were going you went to ethics. You had to go see the, the ethics officer. So yeah. It was really crazy. There was no because obviously if I'm questioning it, there's things I'm not understanding. So they want to make sure to clear that up for me.
4: Alex, they've got some openings out here now. Oh great. Maybe Fawnie would like a new Oh my God in, in, instructional course. Yeah. Could yeah. you even imagine as a parent? And I've got a lot of kids, I'm just trying to think, if one of my kids went into this, do you support, you want to support your kids and their decisions and their religious beliefs and ethics and and thoughts, but then you start to hear what you're telling us about how this is, you're no longer really having your own thoughts, you're being forced to believe in something else. Yeah, Yeah,
6: totally. Well, you know, what was even crazy for me is that, you know, on that point, It's, I think now, one of the things that my sister has done with all of these, you know, with the two seasons of the show, um, Mm -hmm. and if people are going, what are you talking about? It's Scientology, the Aftermath on A&E. That show, I think, has really helped people. People have written me saying, I thought about being a Scientologist, and then I saw your sister's show. I'm glad I watched it. Um, Because when you go in... I mean, it is cozy. They are like, oh my gosh, you can just come and go. Um, well, you so should many take celebrities or
5: Scientologists. Yes. so it seems like glamorous. You yeah. know
4: what it seems like to me is that Scientology has become the Freemasons of the new era. Because if you were a Freemason, right, you all these doors would open to you, right, and that you would do this. Now, I don't know that that was ever true. I don't know if that's ever the case of how Freemasonry works, but I mean, that that was part of always what you heard about with the Freemasons. And then it seems like all of a sudden you've got John Travolta, you've got uh, Tom Cruise, you've got uh, Leah Remini, you've got all these famous people involved in Scientology. So maybe there is something if I do want a career in acting, I have to become a Scientologist because they're helping open well, doors.
6: That, and that is what they're selling. That's they're what selling, they want the perception Yes, that they that's have what that they power. want the perception to be that, you know, if you're a Scientologist, I mean, look at Tom Cruise. He was. What is it when you can't when you write backwards and what is that? Dyslexia. Dys- oh, dyslexic, yeah. <laughs> he was saying, you know, he was cured of dyslexia because of Scientology and that if it wasn't for Scientology, he never would have been the star he is today. So, it's they, it would have
4: just been some homely kid dancing the uh, Bob Seger and yeah, writing backwards, huh?
6: Exactly. So yeah, so it's it is very interesting the the story that they sell, but I really do love how um people are really embracing this. You know, it kind of sucks when you see like, you know, on Hulu, there's shows that I love and what is it? The Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, damn it, Scientologist. And now, What's His Face? Just came out with that other show. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, Giovanni Ribisi, he has a show and I'm like, damn. You know, because <laughs> you just don't want, I don't want people seeing that I'm watching it. I was at a Tom Cruise movie and I'm like, should I not do a selfie in here? You know, it's like, I don't want
4: people, but I so like, you
8: separate from I what do, they yes, do. I do
6: like their acting. So, but it is kind of funny because you kind of go, should I be watching this and supporting it? Yeah. But, you know, um. The chick from, I mean, I used to babysit her and I can't even remember her name. Uh, The girl from Handmaid's Tale, she actually walked out when Leah's name was announced at an award show.
5: I didn't know she was a Scientologist. Oh,
6: big time Scientologist, yeah.
5: So, what are the main, like, beliefs and values of Scientology? Like, what is the. Like in a nutshell, as far you mean like the no
8: daily? No pressure,
4: but you have a minute and 38 seconds oh to oh, explain Jesus. in a nutshell. Well, <laughs> well, we can do it right, after. We'll cover they, back.
6: Well, it. They whole, their whole thing is that they're here to clear the planet. They're here to make everybody in a state of mind – oh, talking about zombies again um, – in a state of mind where there is nothing troubling you. So anything that you have – because they believe in past lives. Okay. So things you've brought with you, life to life to life to life, is affecting your life today. So they want to clear you of that so that you can live happily ever after. So their whole thing Which is, on the whole sounds great. It sounds great. Clearing it, that ju-
4: karmic garbage yeah. from your past lives.
6: But if you watch the last episode that my mom was on um, – Um, When you hit that level of knowing that it's kind of funny. So you get to this level, which is OT eight, and they tell you that now you have all the answers to everything. Well, when you get to OT eight, you find out it was all BS. Yeah. So um, that's and you're like millions of dollars in at this point. Like millions of dollars. Wow. So you have point. to.
5: I have. I have a lot of questions. Okay.
6: Well, I think we can. We can pick it up.
8: In the, <laughs> yeah, we've got. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've got commercial. a lot
6: more to cover. Who knew? Who knew? We, I was going to be the guest star today. <laughs> on, on, I
4: did. On uh, on our show, Darkness Radio. Originally, we were going to do an episode about this, and I had contacted the Scientology place. They were going to walk me through it. And as soon as I mentioned that on air, I started getting emails. And they're like, do not do this. Do not put yourself in this. You'll end
5: up being a Scientologist.
4: No, it wasn't that. It was like, watch Going Clear, the documentary first, and then decide if you want to go in there. And I watched, and I I talked to Tim. I said, I don't like acting like a chicken, but these people are scaring the hell out of me from this. We'll talk more about the aftermath, the the series, and uh, Nicole's unique perspective on this entire story as well when we return to The Tom Bernard Show.
3: Saber and Bryant, whatever it
5: takes. Like I live out in Los Angeles, there's a bunch of Scientologists out there. And the first time I heard the story of Scientology, I was like, that is the dumbest shit I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like your guy's
7: name is Ron. (laughs) Ron. And he
0: wasn't
5: alive thousands of years ago, so you can hide a lot of it in the mystery. This guy was alive like 45, 50 years ago. He had a driver's license, <laughs> social security number. There's like footage of him subbing his toe. Motherfucker, right? <laughs> I don't
8: know
5: what happened. He was working at Denny's. He got sick
0: of it. He's like, oh, I'll start a religion. Hey, everybody, there's a spaceship coming back. Everybody's getting sneakers. This is Tom Cruise. <laughs> We're going to try to make you clear. Right?
6: That's hol- Who is that? That's hilarious.
4: That's uh, Bill Burr oh my like, gosh that's
6: so funny well and
4: that's yeah. the whole thing is i mean for everybody you know you listen to christianity and there could be a good case for everything that's being told and it's it's a fascinating story right, right? but you hear the basics of <laughs> of scientology and you i don't i just don't know anybody that i've talked to about it outside that are like yeah i heard that it makes i think yeah. i'm really interested <laughs> all the dots are connecting
7: for <laughs> me for sure right?
4: I, and i don't yeah. mean the comedians riffing on it but just hearing the kind of the basics right and like you said you know, here, believing myself in, in past lives, I dig the fact that maybe we're carrying some karmic garbage with right. us. Yeah. We've made bad choices because I think we do it in this life. Right. So I get the whole premise of, yeah, let's help you live a better life now. That's right. that's respectable. Right. And listen, any self-help book you pick up is about learning to let go of the past, right. shed off that crap, and have a full, fulfilling life. Right. And they're probably appealing to that kernel that lives in all of us of wanting better than what we
8: have.
6: Right. And that's really what attracted my mom. You know, she was single at the time, Mm. um, single mom, newly divorced. I mean, my gosh, my mom was 18 when she had me, 20 when she had Leah. So she was young. So you think at 27 years old, somebody comes to you with the promise of a better life. You're going to be able to help people and also get a paycheck. That sounds cool. You know, so she jumped in, started working there. So every day there was my mom down at the New York org. And it was funny because we just went to New York with all the kids. We took them for spring break last year. And the one pizza place that the hotel recommended that we go to in the city was right next door to the Church of Scientology. Oh, so it was kind of interesting. So I was going to go and go, hey, do you have that book? To see if they had Leah's book, but <laughs>
8: not. I, I didn't have the guts yeah, not to do on, it. Not on shelf.
5: <laughs> yeah. So you said that your millions of dollars, like once you get to the, what is. Why do you have to spend so much money?
6: The courses and the auditing especially is incredibly expensive. I mean, again, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars to go up the bridge. Uh, but I mean, well, you're at millions of dollars by that point. I mean, we can probably even find the number. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. But like, you know, they start you off with, oh, you should do a communications course. That's only $48. Oh, this is doable. I mm-hmm. should I should be able to learn how to talk to people better. Yeah. Oh, there's a course on marriage. Well, that's awesome. That makes sense. I should do a marriage course to learn how to better deal with my husband. you know, But then as you get deeper and deeper and get away from the basics, yeah, that's when the big dollar, the big ticket items. Mm-hmm. And they have people that are actually like calling on your credit card on your behalf to get your credit card limit raised. Um, they're like coaching you how to talk to the credit card company. Cause if you're like my credit cards are maxed out, well, okay, well, can we get a mortgage on your house? Like, what can we do? I mean, there are people that are like three, four mortgages in on their homes oh my just because they want to pay for Scientology. You know, but I it's like I it's funny because people just say to me, what about the alien thing? Well, I never made it that far up the bridge. And it's not like my parents were talking about aliens around the dinner table. Yeah. So um, I never even heard really any of that. So when I did hear my mom on the show talk about when she read um, about the aliens coming out of the sky, dropping into the volcano and the spirits were like the bodies that were in now. I'm like how did you read that and think I need to continue (laughs) on this path? (laughs) Like I called her, I'm like, what is wrong with you? You know, and she said, like, I did read that. And I thought, what in the world am I reading? Like (laughs) she actually thought that, but she was so deep already at this point. It wasn't like you were going to go, all right, I'm I'm done. Because everything else I learned was horrendous. But because everything Mm -hmm. else she read, she liked, like she liked what was going on. But when she did get to that point, she was like, what? (laughs) aliens falling out of the sky into volcanoes and now they're our bot and now they're in our bodies and we're like reincarnated aliens you know and so she did think but she was like i'm deep yeah you know what am i gonna do at this point yeah so um i think you know it's funny lee was actually on tom's show and she i was listening from home and she said you know you know come to think of it like nick was actually the smart one You know, like I, she knew way before we did that this was insanity. And I was in my kitchen in Prior Lake and I started to cry because to finally hear that after all these years, because even Leah and my mom, they were like, "Mm, poor Nicole, she just doesn't get it, doesn't get it. She's not going to go clear. And, you know, so it was always weird, you know, so your mom hadn't hit
4: that level yet
6: though. Oh, my mom was OT eight before anybody in our family. So my mom was at
4: so is she still feeling bad for you even after she hit OT8 and realized it was just a bunch of malarkey? No,
6: that's when she started to kind of piece it together. Like, <laughs> what the heck did we just do all these years, you yeah. know? So um, so when Leah was ready to go, my mom's like, cool. Like, she was like, quick to go, I'm out. Because mm-hmm. my mom was having the same. It was funny. They both were thinking, like, what in the world did we do? But they were afraid to talk to each other about it because mm. each thought, she's too deep. She's too deep, you know? Yeah. So, and I'll never forget. I had a talk with now my. Now you had
4: left long ago. How come they? I, weren't, how come they didn't push that wedge to say that? Hey, if you, Leah, you can't talk to Nick. They anymore. were
6: getting there. It was that was like starting right before this whole Tom Cruise thing happened. It actually was starting to be that way. So that was one of the reasons why I moved to Minnesota. Oh, really? Was so that I can get away from Scientology and my family pushing me into Scientology. Plus, I knew the church was getting to the point that they were going to start having them disconnect from me because I wasn't doing it at all anymore I was like full-on church Kids were going to but like did it make sense to your, to
4: your mom and sister at that time. Yeah, maybe we do need to disconnect from Nick because she's just not getting it.
6: You know, they never thought that. It's kind of it's so interesting. good. It wasn't a
4: complete programming. It was Yeah,
6: where most people do have that happen. Right. But my family didn't do that. I and I. So it's really interesting. We always had that thing. We were always going to stick together. Like people were like, "Well, why didn't you out all of this years ago?" And I said, "I wasn't going to disrespect what they what their belief was. Right. I wasn't going to." Make make. make them look like crazy people like there was just no way I was going to do that I'd be on shows and people would ask me like don't you think I mean I remember one time I was hosting for Lori and Julia um, here locally in town and the Tom Cruise and Katie thing came up and I was actually like defending it you know even though I knew deep down but I just never wanted to be against my family and have the church give them a reason to create a wedge so I just played the game really well
4: are they are they dangerous, do you think, if you if you cross them and decide
6: I think they're absolutely dangerous. I mean when this first all went down, we had cars I was calling the police all the time. Um we had cars sitting in front of our house. Um how is
4: that not harassment?
6: You know, nobody ever got out of their cars. So as long as they were just sitting there, there was nothing anybody can really do. Really? The police would come, and How they come would... we
4: got pulled over for making out in front of that guy's house. Then we weren't doing happens. any damage, honey. We were just sitting
6: there. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. But yeah, so it. Um, so they definitely like to scare you. But do I think that they would do things? I do. I, I think that it's very possible. I mean, I don't have any proof of it, but um, well, and,
4: and the kind of weird pin. And and I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong here. But wasn't it just like Leah? Just out of common courtesy, asked David how his wife was doing. Why, why she wasn't showing up? Isn't that kind yes. of what started the tumble That's down of this the tower? That's what started the whole thing. Yeah, and that they were so. Over, and you don't ever ask him about his wife. No,
6: he went absolutely psychotic. Did you read Troublemaker? Did you read her book?
4: Not yet. What? I have five days a week a show. I'm trying to read up the guests I'm having on.
6: I know. That is tough. It's I tough. do get it. Yeah. I do get it. Well, you know, they do have audio. It's on audio. Yeah. I still and have
4: to read the other books that I have for the guests <laughs> that are coming on my actual show.
6: So yeah, it. Um, that's what. That's where it all went down was at Tom Cruise's wedding with her asking David Miscavige where Shelly was.
4: Did they ever get an answer? Do we ever know? Is she alive?
6: Uh, she is alive. So I don't know how much information I could give on that, but she is alive. Just
4: whisper. Nobody's listening. <laughs>
6: but uh yeah she she is alive and um yeah that's all i can say
4: but if it's something that maybe doesn't show him in a good light like having a weakness or illness then we just have to keep her out of our yeah the public eye
6: yeah she's she's fine but it's just there she's where they want her We'll just put it that way. <laughs> well, that's not creepy at all. <laughs>
4: yeah. That's yeah. not creepy. I just at don't all.
6: know how much I can say because I know that there's stuff going on with like the LAPD. And so I just, I can't say much, but I will tell you she's alive.
4: And she's where they want her, the Scientologist, not the police. Correct. Okay. Yep. That's terrifying when you look back at things like this, right? Mm-hmm. And then you hear of like the David Koresh and that whole deal. And then the, who, Andy, do you remember what the name of that cult was where they, uh, they thought that there was a UFO in the in the tail of Halley's comet, and they all wore the same jumpsuits and sneakers and ended up going out. What? What was that? That was okay, just a. F- not there. I don't know. We lost your. I
8: was going to say, did they?
4: Did he? The Scientologists or... have come knocking.
8: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Turn this off. <laughs> yeah. There was that cult
4: where they they thought that there was a spaceship in the tail of I think it was Halley's comet that was coming by. And they gave their lives. They all ended oh. up drinking the Kool Aid thing again. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's right. Gate. Right. So yeah. You start to hear these things, and you think that's insane. That 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 cannot possibly be going on. And those were small scale little blips. Right. But then you realize just how deep reaching oh. Scientology goes. And let's face it, I mean, I've seen Tom Cruise in interviews. I, you know, I've been, I met him once. Very intelligent guy. Yes. Very gregarious, personable yeah, guy. He's very How, fun. Hell, how does he not? How is that trigger not well,
6: flipped? I'm sure the trigger has flipped. He doesn't, you know, they were recording his um, Scientology sessions. Um, so when he's, like, with an auditor one-on-one where he thinks he's one-on-one, they were actually recording everything. So he's recorded. John Travolta's recorded. Um, they've actually had people on my sister's show that have said, yeah, I'm the one who pressed record. And, like, I know everything. You know, we had to watch and so a lot of people know a lot of stuff. So it's so actually some just deep, dark sa- secrets yes.
4: that they're getting on these people.
6: So it's very it's very safe for them to remain Scientologists. It's just it's just better for them. So yeah, wow, it's crazy. But yeah, the show is definitely worth watching. Um, it looks like there might be another season. I'm not totally sure. Well, I know she's um, tied
4: up with Kevin can wait, right? Yes. She's she's back working with Kevin James yes. on that show. So the Scientologists have a hand in that. Keep keep her off. <laughs> if we get her on a TV program again, maybe she'll leave this alone. You no,
6: know, you know, it's so that was such an awesome thing and it was so accidental. And poor Leah, you know, she's been I mean, it's been hard for her even to do the Scientology thing because of the fact that we've had family members and people who have been really good friends to us over the last, you know, 25 30 years who Scientology has been Bring them in and they've been recording videos, um, talking poorly about my mom, about my sister, um, some about us, but even really close family members. So, um, you know, it's like they had my, our, even our birth father, I don't call, I usually call him the sperm donor, but my husband doesn't like that. Um, he said something like, uh, we like abandoned my grandmother when she was dying. I'm like, Really? I have pictures of you and I in her apartment the day that I begged you to come and see your mother as she was dying. Because I gave up my life for two weeks to go live with your mother who was dying, who my sister was paying her rent, paid for a private nurse. And I was there every single day. And the first thing you said when you walked in is, Mom, where's the treasure? Wanting to know where her money was. Because she was like old school Italian, had her money under the mattresses. Mm Um, Yeah, I mean, I basically was with her until the day she died. And when I asked him to come in the city and see her, he's like, do you know how hard it is to park in Manhattan? You know, so it's like
4: easier than parking for the Tom Bernard show. Yeah, Yeah.
6: Yeah. I know. I got to I got to go put a quarter in the machine soon. But yeah, so it's just it was crazy, like all these lies and stuff that have come out. So, you know, she's dealing with that. And then people were giving her a hard time because now she replaced this girl on. Kevin can wait and Leah was just as we all found out when everybody else found out that they were killing off the character and we found out on Twitter. (laughs) I was like, I wrote Leah. I'm like, Leah. She's like, oh my gosh, I just read that. Like, we didn't know. So it was very interesting, but it has been an amazing adventure. It's been really fun going to the set because it's all of the King of Queens writers, producers. So to have all of us like back together again, because I worked on the show for nine years. So seeing everybody, it was really a cool thing. I have a it's fun like, little behind-the-scenes story. It was story. Very,
4: very reminiscent of the, when Cosby show went off the air. And then they came back with another Cosby show. Yeah. He had a wife who they killed off. Well, they didn't kill her off, but they just like replaced her with right. uh, Felicia Rashad again. Right. And just carried on the second series. Like, the first... Yeah. Wife didn't. Like nothing
6: happened. Yeah. That but is it, a
4: weird, bad timing it, it situation. It really
6: is a bad timing situation. But I mean, like, I couldn't even watch the show when she, that other girl was on it, just to be quite honest. Because I saw. Because felt like
4: Kevin was cheating on your a sister. A little bit.
6: Yeah. But it was like, but I see Kevin as the Kevin king of queens kevin right. like yeah. the character yeah so it just didn't work for me personally but him and leah together right. i think it's hula- they're hilarious yeah, they together they have great chemistry together. i mean you got to see them shooting live it's so funny in the very first episode we all went out and uh there was a scene where leah's standing there and kevin walks in the door or the other way around kevin's in leah walks in and he looks at her he goes carrie she goes doug and we all start crying oh. so <laughs> it was really cool.